it's it's less and less so like that for me where where I'll sit down in in sort of the traditional sense and pick up a guitar and and write a song start to finish or you know it's like I've when I'm in a situation where I where I have like a piano at at my fingertips like it's fun it's it's fun to try and write in all of these different ways um but for me you know I don't so so much of how I write is is intertwined with with recording to to the point where it's you know like writing a song is synonymous with with like sitting at my desk with with all my stuff um so for the most part yeah it's like I'm 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 much more of like a write as I record person there's a video on your I guess it's called X now <laughs> account uh that that kind of walks through the process of um you know laying down the tracks and, mm-hmm. and it it strikes me that that one specifically and you say you say as much that it's built around a specific breakbeat and then everything kind of comes from there yeah well yeah that song in particular I, i'm pretty sure you're talking about this song called headlights on um i mean th- that that song is 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 fairly I mean, it's, it's sort of like a dance track, both in the way that it's made and, and, you know, roughly how it sounds. I mean, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't typically write a lot of music that's so, like, everything is that, that programmed out. I, th- I think about my own music in, 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 as, like, elect- in the way that I think I imagine electronic musicians think about their music, where it's like, I'm always kind of it's hard for me to, to escape the, the sort of like recording software as being kind of like where, where it all happens and where I'm building out the structures and, and, you know, it's, it it can be, um, kind of a negative thing to get, to get trapped within this, this gridded out like way of looking at music. It's sort of unnatural, but, but it's also, um, I, f- I find that it's fun to to approach sort of like more traditional songwriting in in that in that way where you, you're kind of like able to sort of like pull things around and move them however you want and it's like putting this jigsaw puzzle together. That song in particular is an interesting example, and it's interesting to hear that it was built that way because of like what a deeply personal song it is. Yeah. And and I think that 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 dichotomy was kind of what made me feel comfortable releasing a song like that because I think if it was if it was just purely like a like pumped up party song or something like it wouldn't it wouldn't have really f- LMFAO. <laughs> yeah. Then then it just like it wouldn't have sat right with me. I I think I think I was comfortable releasing a song that that was a bit more of like you know borderline dance music like body music meant to be felt meant to sort of you know get your 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 head moving but then also having these these like these really personal lyrics about um you know like sort of exposing this this slightly uglier side of of your of yourself and sort of like exposing this like being really honest about like having a really difficult time in my relationship, like immediately following having a kid, you know, those specific lyrics somehow came up organically through the process of putting the song together. 
Well, you know, I think it started off with with just kind of being like chance that 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 I was starting to work on this song while also like going going through this this moment in time that I just sort of needed that that catharsis of of being able to 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 write it down and and put it somewhere so that it wasn't just like sitting in my head. <clears throat> and and I think I you know, and I've talked about it a little bit in other interviews that I've done, but but I think I I started realizing sort of the catharsis in putting it in a song like that 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 was sort of more like musically speaking, kind of like uplifting and upbeat. Which, you know, it's like I'm not like reinventing the wheel here by like putting like various emotions together in one thing, but 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 I think to me it, it's sort of like it, it kind of fit like it felt it felt like a release on both sides in in slightly different ways you know the the sort of like really honest earnest approach to just kind of getting getting my feelings out there while while also making this music that that is was almost kind of like I don't know. Yeah, it's just sort of like like meant to help you get through a hard time or something. Earnest is is an interesting word in this context because it's one thing to be concerned about, you know, just putting something deeply personal in the world, but when you use the word earnest, it, you know, it make makes me think of times that I've tried to or have have created things and put them out or held them because they were too earnest because, mm-hmm. you know, you worry about sort of dipping over into the side of b- being like writing that like self-indulgent poem or something <laughs> right yeah yeah totally I, it's, I feel like it's something that i'm conscious of a lot when i'm writing and i don't know I, I don't it's it's maybe just an age thing it's just like getting older maybe i just like care less i'm a little less concerned with being cool i don't really like you know i think i think things that i that i maybe would have reserved for myself or kind of like made and walked back in in a in a previous life because i felt like oh well this you know i'm less concerned about seeming corny or something like 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 to me i'm willing to take that risk of like just being really kind of like you know i think again earnest i think earnest is the is the right word for it because it's 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 a little bit more than honesty it's sort of like not being afraid to just seem like uncool. <laughs> but in this instance, you alluded to this a little bit before, but in this instance, having, I, I guess, having music that's to a certain extent discordant with the lyrics, I think helps not deflect, but, but counteract from some of that. Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, it is interesting that, Clearly, there's a part of me that that is that is still like a little protective because because I do use these things, right? You know, it's like it's not. I'm still probably not going to like put out a song that's like a very sort of like traditional ballad where I'm singing like <laughs> you know, um, I, I like I still I still need to find these ways to to like deflect or or to like skew what i'm doing um and i think you know part of it is protective but then another part of it is is just because 
Like I like that. I like that in the in the in the music that I that I listen to or like the movies that I watch or whatever. You know, it's like I always I always like when there's I re- I like I enjoy things that that have sort of like a mass appeal, but also still find a way to to try and like do it thoughtfully and artfully. Because I think it's that that's sort of like an art form in itself of like. Like not just making something that's that's purely for mass consumption, and not just making something that's that's purely self-expression and and as weird as it wants to be. Like the things that that find a way to sort of like meet in the middle in an effective way. I feel like those are the things that interest me the most. I saw the new uh, Scorsese movie last week, and I was thinking about how how increasingly rare someone is like him is going to be and how I am, you know, sympathetic to, uh, there's been this whole thing, like, you know, Marvel movies, he, you know, he, he shit talks of superhero movies and it made a lot of people on the internet really upset. And I think that there's, I think there's a parallel here because I think that both of these industries, really anything that's creative now is in, in the in the mainstream of things entirely ruled by algorithm and mm-hmm. and that's what you're trying to avoid yeah yeah cuz it's like i think there's still something to be said about like something that that isn't driven by numbers that 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 like does come from a genuine place of like self-expression but but also like is sort of purposeful in its relatability that song, you know, I, I got stuck on that song because I was watching that video of, of you making it, and and you know there are there's a, there's a line in there that um, it's like I don't even know I, I'm probably paraphrasing, but and I'm going to do an awful thing of sort of <laughs> quoting it back to you. <laughs> That's okay, but 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 you say uh, why does it have to be or why do I have to be so hard to love? And that was just. That was a gut punch for me, man. That's a that's a tough line. Yeah, yeah. It's I, you know, because I I think there's times where where I've where I've felt that I've I've felt like I I purposefully put up barriers in in my in my relationships and in, in my like really important relationships in my life. And it's like you you know, it's it's so hard. I think when you're going through life and and you recognize certain like self-destructive tendencies and not necessarily in the sense of like the things that you would normally think about but but just kind of like like behaviors or thought processes that that are sort of like um self-defeating and, and make make things harder for yourself and it's just you know and you know that you're doing them and you're just kind of like why do, why do i do this i think that's kind of like what that line was about uh, you know in, in in that instance specifically with with sort of like the way that that my my wife and I's relationship <clears throat> changed after having a kid and just sort of like, like knowing that things had to change and that, that our life was, was going to look a lot different, but, but still as you're going through it, it's like, you can't help but be a little bit surprised or like, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we were naive about, like <laughs> having a kid, which, you know, is, is just like the normal growing pains of, 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 of parenthood in, in general. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's an example of something that really blindsided you? 
I mean, I think, I think you you know you you're already quite dependent in a lot of ways on on the people in your life that you're closest with, whether it's your your partner, or your parents, sure. or whoever. Um, and and I think I was. I was a little maybe under underprepared for sort of like how much we would really be relying on each other just to sort of like get through these things that that, that previously were you know just like your very normal day-to-day things like like things things that that used to be so easy are are now difficult and that's like you know and whatever it's like I don't want to turn this into like uh, a a boring parenting podcast <laughs> situation but 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 you know it's just like all these little things just like getting out the door in the morning it's like it's hard it takes it takes much longer and it's like these these micro frustrations build and and i think you 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 always or at least i think we told ourselves that like oh like this stuff isn't gonna it's not gonna phase us it's not gonna build up in the same way for us because we felt that our relationship was so strong and you know it's like and it's 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 back to being in a strong place but it like it took a lot of work it took a lot of like of 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 work to 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 get back there after having a kid i think how does she react when you play her a song like this i mean she's she's understanding about it i think you know and and i and i i certainly wouldn't feel as comfortable talking about this stuff if we didn't have these kinds of conversations like often but yeah you know it's like I'm 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 sure it's it, it it's it, it must be weird for her in the sense that like there's there's a lot of our life reflected back in the music. And so that's at once relatable but also it's like it's my vantage point. <laughs> but you know and and this is this is about as like as deep as i'd be willing to go anyway like about like my own personal life in in the music is is a song like headlights on which is pretty pretty personal frankly yeah yeah for sure but yeah i don't know it's like i think as i've as i've gotten older i just like I don't know why I feel like less scared about like exploring these these things that that, that are sort of like bigger and deeper and and normally scarier or something of just sort of like I don't think that that is um unusual yeah at all and I'm certainly on a one of a long list of people who had my reasons for not wanting to do therapy for a long time. Big big one is that my mom's a therapist, which you'll find that a lot of parents <laughs> are therapists, like it puts them off to it. Sure, yeah. But got pushed to that point because of the last, you know, three, three and a half years. Um, yeah, yeah. Just li- like living alone in New York, it was like, okay, well, at least like, at very least I have somebody to talk to now, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know... I. Uh, I don't, I don't want to like harp on it for too long, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, that, that, that definitely played such a huge part of it too, of just sort of like where my mindset has been over the past few years of, of, you know, like having a kid is already such a, like a monumentous thing in, in your life. And, um, and, you know, we obviously, um, like pulled so much joy out, out of the experience still, even under the circumstances, but, but like, 
you know, I think there's already a level of fear of, of, of like becoming a parent and, and sort of like the weight of that responsibility, but then like doubling that with like, Oh, well now I need to like wipe down all my groceries because like <clears throat> I'm, I might like pass along a deadly disease to my infant son. It's like, Oh my God. Like, and that, and I feel like that, that sort of paranoia, like frankly took a long time to, 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 to rid myself of. What does your wife do? I mean, she's done a number of things. She um, designed jewelry for a long time. And then more recently, she's been training to become a doula because, yeah, I you know, our son's just like, yeah, that, that birth experience was, was really moving for her. And she's kind of like really, really gone deep on, on um, I think, kind of like, like supporting women through that process. So... Yeah, so that's what she's she's doing at the moment. I ask because you have this very strange job that requires you most of the time, not requires you, but most days you're home. Like you're obviously you're working from home. You're calling me from mm-hmm. the studio right now. Um, you know, I, I, I certainly have had this issue with when I've uh, lived with girlfriends before of like, tensions get really high when people are living on top of each other and Mm -hmm. and the pandemic like really put a lot of relationships to the test because you know you weren't leaving and there was just all Mm -hmm. the stress and everything else but then you also have a job that requires you to just go out on the road and not be home for for weeks at a time Mm -hmm. yeah and it's funny because i feel like that that was something that was always like built into our relationship for for years and um and it was just sort of understood that that I would be be gone for you know like a month here a month there and you know it it wasn't like it wasn't like there weren't occasionally problems because of it but i think it it was it was sort of like the nature of our relationship that we would get these breaks from each other that that i think sort of like fueled the health of our relationship um in a lot of ways because you know we we did sort of ha- have these these periods of of sort of you know being able to kind of like go about our our own business while while still having each other yeah so i mean of course you know pandemic changed a lot a lot about that too but yeah it'll it'll be interesting you know like i'm going out on the road in a couple weeks here and it's not a terribly long tour i've kind of like I've sort of made the decision that that I that I want to to tour in a different way now that I, that I'm a I'm a father and like and it's already like it's 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 I feel like it's getting increasingly harder <clears throat> to tour and like I don't know I feel like there's so much talk in like the music industry these days about whether it's merch cuts or blah 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 and you know like ticket prices having to go up and I mean like the whole mess of of Ticketmaster and all this stuff so it's like it's already a bit of a of a a maze to navigate but but i i'm feeling for sure like i want to to try and find a way to to do it in these shorter spurts so that i'm you know able to spend more time at home with the family i know it's the first record in five years but have Mm -hmm. you toured in the intervening time Uh, just a little bit you know like we we had a a fairly large tour planned to celebrate the 10 year anniversary of our first record. And that was, 
back in 2020. So that got, you know, postponed a number of times, like, like everyone's tours did. And, uh, we did eventually do it. Um, so that was, that was good fun. Um, and then, yeah, but nothing, nothing like super substantial, mostly been home. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know you moved to Richmond. Was mm-hmm. that was that a pandemic move? It was before, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I've so, I've been so here. really good timing on your part then. Yeah, yeah. It was it was about. I guess I've been here like five years now. I moved to Richmond shortly. It was like around the same time that my last record came out, actually. But yeah, yeah, it was it was like a big a big shift for sure in 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 terms of my lifestyle and um yeah, you know, like I I feel like I had a lot of mixed feelings about it over over the years, but I'm now just like so thankful to be back in Virginia. It's like I don't know. It's it's funny, all the places that I've lived, I never I never really felt settled. I never really... And I don't know if it's like... Yeah, it's just like there's some sort of like weird spiritual calling to me with, with Virginia where it's just like I just feel comfortable here in a way that I never really did anywhere else. You were in L.A. previously? I was, yeah. I'm saying this as a New Yorker, but like... Settled is a relative term when you live in a, a city that size. Yeah, 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 for sure. And and like I never, I I think too. It's just I didn't, you know, when when you're in your twenties and you know I was living in New York for a long time, which which was close enough to Virginia that I was still get to see my family like fairly often, but um. But yeah, just, you know, like my parents are, are still in Virginia. They're like an hour away in the same town where I grew up in Williamsburg. It's just like, it's been so meaningful. You're from me. Colonial Williamsburg? I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I'm happy to talk about if you want. It's, it's yeah. That's all I want to talk about now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So presumably you've been then. I haven't been. I, you know, I just, I know the, I know the, well, may, I might have gone when I was really young. Yeah, um, I, I know. Like, yeah, it's 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 like for for most. I feel like for most people growing up on the East Coast, it it is sort of like a mandatory either family vacation or school trip. For I'm actually from California. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. Originally, yeah, yeah. but but we did well, make a trip out it. to like DC, so I think there's a reasonable chance that we yeah, went there as yeah. well. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. What what. what what what's the brilliant say? question is what was what's it like but yeah <laughs> well it's i i did not appreciate it at all as a kid you know like i thought it of course when thought you're it was a like kid most, it's just normal yeah yeah and it's like yeah it was sort of like oh like like doesn't everyone have like a part of town where there's like colonial garb and like horses pooping in the street like that's that's just normal right but yeah, you know, it's like it's 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 very much like there's there's the central part of town, which was you know the 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 colonial part of town, and I want to say like I think it was like the Rockefellers or something that at at a, at some point like dumped a bunch of money into the the restoration of of Colonial Williamsburg, and yeah, you know, it's it's interesting there's there's a there's a lot of 
you know, and Jamestown is just down the road, Yorktown. I just grew up around all of this, all of these like really sort of like important places in, in the, the American history textbook as far as like English settlement and colonialism. But so, you know, I, I have, I feel like my interest in it is, is higher now than it was when I was a kid. But yeah, it was funny, man. I mean, there's like a lot of weird things. Um, definitely like had a lot of friends that, that sort of like worked in Colonial Williamsburg. Is that like a high school job? Uh, for some people, yeah. Well, there was also like, there was this thing called the, the Fife and Drum Corps, which was basically like the program where like little kids would join and they would either learn how to play the fife or like, you know, the like old 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 timey marching snare drum and then you know they would do concerts and like march around colonial williamsburg like playing playing old timey music and but like it, it had this crazy waiting list so you know like people would sign up their kids when they were babies to like become part of this thing and i, I think my parents signed me up but i i didn't it, they they didn't think in advance enough or something but yeah, so it's like I knew some people that did that. My the first job that I ever had, I worked at a Baskin Robbins that was in Colonial Williamsburg. And yeah, that was psychotic. It was just like you know, it's it was just people out the door all day long scooping ice cream for five dollars an hour. <laughs> I'm thinking about the I don't I don't know if you remember the movie Cable Guy, but they go to Medieval Times and Yeah. They don't have silverware, but they serve Pepsi. Like <laughs> Just the, <laughs> the, just the disconnect between working at a oh yeah at a, a Baskin Robbins yeah and it's like you know you you would just be like at the gas station somewhere in town and then someone would like pull up in their Civic and get out wearing like full colonial garb because they just came from work or whatever it's like a lot of that kind of stuff you know you lived in the two biggest cities in the country did you mm-hmm. like New York and L A yeah of course uh, there's no listen there's no of course <laughs> there, there, like. I yeah, I mean I've been living here for a long time now. I love it. I understand that a lot of people don't. Um, I like I them both. That a lot I, of people from yeah smaller places. Yeah, like, yeah. feel out of place there. Sometimes. I would I would ne- I would never live in New York again. Just because you know, like I don't feel like I could afford to live in New York in the way that I that I. I'm just I'm so used now to to, to having like a little more room to breathe being in in Richmond. Yeah, I you know I my my personal experience was that I enjoyed living in Los Angeles a bit more because I th- and I think what it was is 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 it just kind of came down to these these like comforts of of like my upbringing where like I grew up driving everywhere and um, you know like going to like. I don't know. I just feel like there's there's a lot more like familiarity in in Los Angeles. Where it's if like, you like you driving, you, you're gonna love LA. Yeah, you can just hop in your car and go to Target. Whereas, like, you know, if you like need need some basic necessity in New York, it's like a full day affair. <laughs> it either is a full day affair or it's like directly below you. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. True. 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 Yeah, it's like some things are incredibly convenient in a way that like you can't get anywhere else, and then other things are wildly inconvenient. But yeah, I don't know. I have love for both. Were these places that you move specifically for your career? 
I think so. I never, I never really. I was not one of these people that, that that grew up like with stars in my eyes, being like, "I'm gonna move to the big city. I'm gonna move to New York." Like you know, I went to New York maybe three times tops, like in my childhood, and it always just like scared the shit out of me. It was not. It was. It didn't really like gel with with my character and my my personality and. Um, but you know, just as I got older, yeah. So I went to school at Virginia tech, which is in like Western Virginia. And, um, and when I, and that's, you know, where I kind of like started making music more seriously, although I had always made music since I was a little kid, but, um, you know, I started working on my first record when I was in my senior year of college there. And then it got released, kind of took off a little bit. And I had a lot of friends that that moved up to New York at that time, and I just like I just wasn't mentally prepared. I don't know why, I just like I couldn't do it. But I had some friends down in Savannah, Georgia, of all places, and uh, so I moved there for a year, like immediately following college. Very different place than New York. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which I loved. I I mean I I I love Savannah as a city. It's um. It's it's so gorgeous and so unlike everywhere else in in the United States. Um, but you know, I was just like, ultimately, I was just sort of like bored and lonely, and like I was touring so much that I was like, I was touring so much that I couldn't ever really like get a, a footing there. And then eventually, like my lease ran out, and I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it. At that point, like all of the people I was working with were in New York. You know, I had enough friends up there that it was like it, it didn't feel like some scary thing of like moving to a new place where I didn't know anyone. So yeah, I did that and ended up I was there for like five years. How does the band thing work when you're living in entirely different places? I mean the the like the band like the the wild nothing touring band has has been pretty amorphous over the years you know um and yeah it's you know i'm i'm to me it's so normal now that i don't even really question it it doesn't seem that weird i'm you know i i miss a lot of the things about there's been times when we've all been in the same city and that's been really nice you know it's like you can just very casually meet up to rehearse and all that stuff but but at this point now, it's like, it's fairly normal to me to be like, all right, I got to like book flights for everyone and you're all coming to Richmond and we're going to like rehearse before this tour. And like right now, you know, the 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 band is, is split between people here, people in LA, um, drummers in New York. So yeah, it's just kind of like all over the place. I noticed, you know, you've, you've been doing some songwriting for other people, or at least mm-hmm. your songs have appeared on other people's albums. It, yeah. That seems like a very L.A. thing to me for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, totally. Um, and that that did kind of start when I was living out there. Because there there is such a culture of, of sort of like collaborative songwriting and like songwriting sessions and, and, and these this sort of like like purposeful writing of songs that, that sort of like don't necessarily have a home, (laughs) um, which, which isn't, it's an odd way to, to write music. It's, you know, I found it kind of fun. I think I, I never sort of had that approach of like look, looking down on, on sort of like the, the pop songwriting process to me. It's just, it's just like a very different thing. It's like, 
I view it like as as sort of like loosely self-expression, but it's more about kind of like that collaboration and it's more about like problem solving or something. So it's sort of like a, a different approach that I thought was kind of fun. But anyway, I, I did end up getting set up through my publishing company on, on like a number of, of these like writing dates, if you will. Most of which never work out because it's it's just like awkward getting in a room with someone you've never met before to be like, okay, you two boneheads write a song. It's like, oh, okay. But but yeah, I was I was lucky in that a few of them did work out and um and yeah, and it's like when it does work out, it's 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 really rewarding and and I and I feel like I'm I'm definitely interested in doing doing more of it, writing for other people producing for other people um it's it's just like i feel like it exercises a slightly different part of my musical brain in a way that's that's really kind of freeing because i'm as someone who works on and and largely like produces their own music too it's like i i just i get so deep in into it when i'm when it's my own thing and i also you know like i'm much more careful i'm much more You know, it's like I I, I I do things at the risk of overthinking a lot of the time because it's like there's You're a perfectionist when it yeah, comes perfe- to your own stuff. Perfectionist stuff. Yeah, like perfectionist tendencies come out. Which is really easy to do when you're making it on a computer. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just everything is like editable forever. But yeah, when it's but like those things kind of fade away a little bit when I'm working on someone else's music, which isn't to say that I like don't put the same care or attention into it, but it's like, there's always this thing in the back of your mind where it's like, well, like this isn't going to be mine. They'll, they'll take it the rest of the way. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, if, if, if there's choices being made that suit their taste and like what they think is great, even if it's not like the way that I would do something, it's like, it's so much easier to just let it go and just like enjoy the process of it. I had sort of mentioned earlier when we were talking about algorithms, you know, how there, I mean, there, there is an extent and I don't think this is true with all pop music, but you know, you'll hear a song and you'll be like, well, that, you know, a computer helps someone write that, you know, like that was, uh, you know, and, and, and there are, there are, there are ways in which people producing songs are, you know, effectively trying to, game the system and you know mm-hmm. they feel like they know what works on the radio but you feel like there's a way to enter this process and still really make it personal and invest yourself into something yeah i think there is um but i think too like another thing that 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 i sometimes really like about pop music is is when when there's a level of self-awareness I feel like that's something that that I like really enjoy about like Charlie XCX's music, for instance, where like that's like capital P pop music, but but there's there there's like I feel like there's a real sort of like intellectual awareness about like what what is happening and sort of like the way that it's being marketed that that um that just like reads a little bit different than like some pop music where it does just feel kind of like it's like in a, there's there's such a fine line sometimes so it's it's hard it's hard to sort of like say 
why one thing might resonate with me, whereas another thing doesn't. But yeah, I mean, you know, like, honestly, I spend more time thinking about pop music than I do listening to pop music. <laughs> if that if that makes sense. It does, because I, you know, I was thinking about that in the context of the way that you were describing both your own songwriting and songwriting with someone else um, of, you know, use, use the word problem solving. And it seems to me like, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of heart and there's a lot of honesty in its music, but it seems like you have a very analytical approach when it comes to putting a song together. Yeah. And I think, I think it comes from the way that I approach music from, from the very beginning, which is that, you know, at 10 years old, my dad, who also plays guitar, you know, I went to him and was just like, I think I want to learn how to play guitar. And so, you know, he taught me a few things and then kind of just sent me on my way to, to, to approach it in my own way which I was really thankful for. And, but it was, it was kind of clear to me immediately that like, I didn't love playing guitar. I like, I liked what it offered me. And I, I like the, the, like the door that it suddenly opened, which in my mind was, was like, this thing is a means to an end. And the end is being able to record songs. Cause it was like, you know, I feel like I learned enough to, to, to like do the things that I wanted to do on guitar, but it was all sort of like in service of being able to, to write songs. And I, and I feel like almost immediately it was like, I was interested in songwriting because I liked seeing the way that all the instruments fit together. And I liked, it wasn't that I like would listen to a song and be like, oh man, like that guitar sound rips or like, it, it was always about like the whole and, 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 and I think because of that, I've always kind of approached music with both sides of my brain where it's like, it is a very sort of like creative thing and, and, and cathartic thing in terms of like, you know, like giving a place for my emotions and, and giving a place to, to like create moods and like, but it's also, you know, I'm so in love with the process and it's like that, that is half the fun to me is is the is like the engineering and production side of it. It's interesting. There is a there's a visual aspect to computer production that you don't get otherwise. And and th- this seems to play into what you're talking about about being able to actually like look at a track and being able to literally see how things fit together. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I I, I feel like depending on someone's personality or the way that they they personally approach or listen to music it's like i think for some people that might be sacrilege to 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 think of music in that way where it's like this visual thing where you're just you're just seeing these layers stacked on top of one another instead of just like feeling it you know but it's like i've always felt that like you can do both like it's it's not I think having like an analytical ear when you listen to music doesn't lessen sort of the emotional impact of something. And also, you know, I don't, it's, it's sort of interesting because I, I'm someone who like does really enjoy reading and and really enjoys poetry and, and really enjoys when, when a song that I, that I, that I like or listen to has, 
has something lyrically that I find really uh, affecting or really relatable. But I also listen to a ton of instrumental and like ambient music that I find as, or like sometimes even more like moving than, you know, like storytelling music. And like, so to me, it's, that like that's that's the power of music is is sort of like the ability to to sort of like imply emotion as much as like telling you directly something it's a good point i was watching some video of you of the band playing i want to say it was Lollapalooza, maybe mm. or pitchfork or some, some, one of those yeah. sorts of festivals and you were you were playing guitar is yeah. that standard for you in a live setting yeah it always has been um there's been uh, occasions where i'll i'll play keyboard but yeah i mean still to this day even though like i play a lot of different things um guitars will always be my first instrument and so it's sort of like the thing that makes the most sense for me to play live like i don't consider myself a proficient keyboard player it's like i sort of have to stumble through things when i'm when i'm recording keyboard parts um yeah i mean like bass is my favorite instrument but but i my a lot of my bass lines are like fairly melodic and so you know then it just becomes difficult to to sing and play because you're you're keeping multiple melodies in your head at the same time with different timing and it's just like complicated um but yeah so so guitar it is that's sort of like my my safe spot and there's also a dynamism to guitar that it's hard to replicate playing and singing keyboards yeah 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 and it's like i don't know it's it's it is a little bit funny sometimes like when i'm teaching new new band members parts of the song because the way that i write songs is so much coming from that place of thinking of the song as a whole. And it's like, it's really my belief that like, as long as a part serves like the, the, the whole of the song, then it doesn't need to be a complicated thing. And it's like, there's occasionally parts where I'm having to like apologize to my bandmates. I'm just like, this is going to be really boring for you. Cause like your, your, your part sort of serves this very specific purpose that serves the rest of the song. But it's like, it's, it's not like an, a, an engaging thing in itself. Like the parts are so reliant on the other parts in order for the song to work. Once the song is, is, is written and recorded, that's how it exists in the world. Uh, how much, um, I guess how much freedom d- does, does your live band have? Um, I mean, I think we've always sort of taken the approach of, of trying to stay true to, to the recordings if only at first, just because it's it's sort of like a necessary thing to do in order to to kind of like initially approach the song. I but you know I always find that the the more we play them, and especially if we're doing a longer tour, that that like these small liberties start being taken and 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 decisions about like oh maybe we move this part around or maybe we <clears throat> you know won't play this part for as long or we'll play this part for longer. Like those decisions kind of like naturally grow out of out of playing together night after night. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, I think because I do so much of the recording on my own and it's like these, these, these records exist before they, they like are played in a room. 
it's it's sort of like the it's sort of the only blueprint that exists for for the songs um which you know like i'm always i sometimes i'm jealous of of like these like really sort of traditional bands where you've you've got like multiple people hashing out a song in a space before it's even recorded because i think that 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 leads to something special as well but um and i don't know i don't know if it's I think it's like partially like an like an economic thing of of like I think it's just harder for 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 bands to to like approach music in that way because it's it's just so expensive to tour and blah blah, blah all this stuff but like I feel like you see less and less sort of like true collaborative bands where it's like you've got you know four or five people kind of like contributing something equally I've noticed in in interviewing people that that bands have also become much more geographically dispersed because mm-hmm. they're able to, but it would be, and I'm sure you've thought about this, but it would be an, an interesting experiment for you to attempt to write a album in that way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know that. I feel like there's so, so many sort of like experiments in the, in the process of like how to approach writing a song that, that I'm constantly flirting with or being like, Oh, like I really should try that. And then it's just old, old habits always die hard, you know? So this is your first fully self-produced album since the first one. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So the first record was, was like truly just did everything, you know, like, cause I was just, you know, like recording songs regardless. And, and, uh, my apartment in, in Blacksburg, Virginia, where I lived at the time. Um, and it wasn't until I was sort of like halfway through the process of just like writing these songs that, that I like got a, a small deal to, to sort of like make and release the record. So it was kind of like, oh, well, I guess I'm, I'm making a record now. But yeah, I just, there was zero budget. There was, it didn't really even cross my mind that I would make it any other way. It was just sort of like, oh, I, I'm just going to like do everything on this. Um, and then, you know, as things kind of took off and I had access to a lot more resources and all that stuff, it's like, I, I kind of like got more and more into the idea of like pulling more people in and, and making records in a more traditional sense and like utilizing professional studio spaces and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but I've always, I've always like really enjoyed working alone and, and, and I think it's just kind of gotten to the point where it's like my, my demos are more or less indistinguishable from like what the record would be anyway. So it's like, why put in all this effort into something just to like re-record it? And so it's just like now when I have a song that I know I kind of like, I'm just, I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna record this. And you know, I might occasionally replace things here or there, but it's like, it's always sort of a given from the get go that like, I'm going to be using some of, if not all of the things that I like record from this point on. It's funny that you've actually become less collaborative (laughs) over time. (laughs) I know I'm a control freak. I'm a total control freak. It works. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, music has always been sort of like this, this sort of solitary activity for me. Um, which is sad because there's so much beauty in, in collaboration and, you know, like, but like, I think to me that my feeling has always been like, Oh, well, it's as soon as I like collaborate on this, it's, it's no longer the same thing. It's like, it, it would, it would be something else. And, it, and I'm like fully open to that. But, but like, 
I don't know. I don't know why I sort of like put up these, these like boundaries or definitions in, in my mind that like, for whatever reason, like in my mind, wild nothing is just this, this thing that I like hack at alone. Tripped over the moon Just trying to 